Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yeah, it's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Boys. Yeah. Well, the boys are here. They're nervous. They're calm. <laughs> Boysies. Get rarer. Why is this happening to me? Me. We're not getting Maccas and you can blame my son. <laughs> Get a few today, did you? It's great to contractually be obliged to be here. <laughs> is anyone going to listen to this or what? No, I actually don't know what, what happens in third grade. <laughs> you either get nude, get in the shower, or we're throwing all your quick gear in, bro. No, like, no chance I'm going to follow you. <laughs> 19th century Pax Britannica. Fuck! Well, the English summer is here. The English summer is upon us, and we're back, baby. Oh, we're back. We're talking New Zealand, England. We're talking IPL. We're talking Australia. Are they ever going to play cricket again? The IPL is wrapped up, of course. Sam Billings is on the show. This episode is brought to you by Budgie Smuggler, and we're getting around Budgie Smuggler. We're getting around some ordinary rigs. We're going to get to that a little bit later on, but you can follow Budgie Smuggler at Budgie Smuggler UK. It's BudgieSmuggler.com, of course. My name is Ian Higgins. Sam Perry, uh, welcome back, because... The people, have, the people have been asking, hey, guys, when, when are you back? Don't feel like we've actually left anyone, but it's a separate audience from, you know, the YouTubes to the Patreons to the Patreons uh, to the fair listener as they ride onto the tube this morning. Uh, and they're thinking, you know what? Summer's here because TGC's back because we're now part of the summer yeah. seasonal cycle, you see. Of course. And, and covering the entire UK summer, except for the county mm. championship. Except for yeah, the county the championship, Flower show. right? Exactly, because they're the two other components of the UK summer uh, that everyone's right. screaming into their earphones on the tube right now. Onto the Elizabeth line, hey, uh, yeah, mate. No, really, <laughs> good to be back. We haven't really gone anywhere. We've been covering the IPL on YouTube. Some people will cross over into that, so it's still been like forty shows in the last eight weeks. But it's been a break from the Anglosphere. You know, and it, yep. look, it's good to get back into the Anglosphere, into what we know, into the conventions, etc. And if I could just roll on here, he goes. Uh, one of the key conventions of the Anglospheric cricket is that social one where if you're a really good player, then you go back to a lower level. You just like to let a few people know that you still got it, etc. And I thought we saw that <laughs> this week, a couple of days ago, when uh, Ricky Clark of um, high-level first-class cricket fame, two tests for England, a couple of ODIs as well for England, went back to play with his club, Shruton uh, Cricket Club. Yeah. In, um, look, I don't know what division it is. He goes, I'm I'm reliably informed in the comments that it's bin stuff division. Uh, and and his tweet, look, I want your view on this because you look. I've I've been just you know scouring the internet for the last couple of days. You've been away with your mates having a life, and uh, mm-hmm. the tweets from Ricky Clark, blue tick, 
and it just says love playing with these lads uh and it's a like you know a, a smile emoji with the with the heart symbols as eyes yeah, at Shrewton's, yeah. he, he tags in his club. You think, oh, that's nice. He loves playing with his lads. And the way to buttress the way he loves playing with his lads is um, mm-hmm. is with a screenshot of a scorecard uh, from the with game. The scorecard. Just the just just their innings, just Shrewton's innings. <laughs> yeah, not the game. And Ricky Clark comes in at number three. He goes, and he's made. Um, I haven't got the full total here, but he's made. Oh, he's got- he's he, made. He's made two twenty. He's made two. Sorry, I just meant that the team total. He's made two hundred and twenty nine. Oh, of 109 yeah. balls with 16 boundaries and 22 sixes, a strike rate of mm. 210.09. Uh, the next high score is 42 by S. Little. Yeah. Which is another, <laughs> it's, a, it's a whole separate issue. But uh, <laughs> it's arguably the biggest story. They've opened the batting with a mouse. <laughs> yeah, arguably the biggest story. But um, hey, uh, I just thought that was a classic of the genre. It, it, there was a yeah. little bit of follow-up. It was a little bit disappointed. People were sledging him for going, well, you know, you shouldn't be yeah. playing oh, against bin stuff. There's one. There's, there's a little bit of footage doing the rounds of him batting. Got to say, it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. Real stand and deliver yeah. stuff. Uh, yeah. But not to be outdone, Peter Trego, who's mm. also played a lot of first-class cricket for some, so he follows up in the next 12 hours and he says, so Ricky Clark and myself get double hundreds for our clubs. <laughs> <laughs> So, 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 <laughs> I bet we both still averaged 35 at the end of the season. <laughs> I think Foz could have. Uh, I mate. Hashtag club cricket life. Sad that he seems to be getting stick for giving back to the game. Typical twatter. <laughs> P.S. I can't fucking move this morning. So, you know, you're just wondering again. One of those, what about the levels to that one? One of the pieces. Levels a, all over that. Just. One of those pieces of communication that's like, you know, what's he really communicating? <laughs> and it just, maybe they're right, he goes. Maybe, maybe we are twatter, you know. Maybe, mm. maybe these guys are merely giving back to their clubs. Mm. I don't know. I don't know mm. if you, if you, I don't just don't know if you <laughs> screenshot yourself hitting 229. Yeah. <laughs> you screenshot that scorecard. I just, I think it's worth questioning in the, um, in, yeah. the, in the, you know, in the interests of adding to the discourse. Yeah. So, so, so Peter Trego is just, he's, he's seen what Ricky Clark's done. He's, well, hang on. I, I too got a double hundred on the weekend. Where, where are my accolades? That's right. In the guise of sledging. I'll take the sledging, but I want you to know that I've, I have yeah. double tonned up. That's right. Um, We're just a couple of pros going back to help our club. I also got a double ton. I also got a- <laughs> just, the, just the supposition of, of so, so, yeah. Um, so we both got double tons on the weekend. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> such an unnecessarily so. I mean, it does take two to Trago, if you will. And I will. Um, uh, yeah, okay. So well, club cricket's back, um, he goes. I guess that's what I'm club saying. Club cricket's back. The people are playing. You know, summer's upon us. Uh, 30th of May today. So, you know, summer is here in in but hours. Um, and uh, and let's get into the England season uh, because the first test match against New Zealand starts at Lords on Thursday. Yeah. Um, and they've I'm not sure if you've caught the news, Pez, but um, there's some exciting changes. Uh, there's some exciting changes in the hierarchy of English cricket, whether it be in the boardroom or the dressing room. I've caught um, it. So do you want to start? Do you want to start with Ben Stokes, uh, who is the New England Test captain? Uh, after Joe Root stepped down, uh, maybe a month or so ago, maybe something like that, um, and I feel like the uh, uh, I feel like the 
was it well, actually been more than that? Uh, anyway, whatever it was, um, writing was on the wall there for Joe, I suppose. But uh, really left one man and one man only to captain the side, and that man has been given the armband, um, which I think is something that's going to happen in cricket soon. What with uh, numbers and names on the back, et <laughs> Um But yeah, Stokes is captain. Are you feeling things about this? Oh, absolutely. I mean, has there been a more feelings-based set of appointments? And I welcome it, by the way. Like, mm-hmm. there's just there's just new sheriffs in town, deluxe. And, uh, like, rather than sort of going one by one, I just want to throw a blanket over all of them and just say, it's just, it's fucking, it's good blokes selections, you know? It's, it's beers. It's beers, but it's modern beers oh, yeah. in a lot of ways. It's simplification, but with a little bit of self-helpy kind of uh, self-development stylings to it as well. Like, and, and, of course, it would be. I want to say from the top here, Ali Martin was going to appear on the show from The Guardian to give us some actual news about this kind of stuff, but we had some connectivity issues and we'll be back on the horse with him next week. Uh, so we'll just pick it up. But like one of the good things about a horrendous season, he goes, as you know, in club cricket, any level of cricket, or maybe two or three horrendous seasons, maybe it's a pattern, is that you get you tend to have a great off-season after that. You know, like the off-season is kind of understood in the context of the bad season because you get a culture review with, with you know, butcher's paper. You get new faces with new energy, new kit. Um, the nets are great invariably because no one's losing. No bad things are happening to you, you know? And I feel right. like this is this sums up the mood of England cricket at the moment. It's just... There's a lot of new. There's a lot of new gear about. There's a lot of imagination that can come into play now. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. We've got an MD who's never managed before. We've got a test coach who's never coached in a red ball game before. We've got a test captain who's never captain in a first class game apart from filling in once in a test match. Um, but they're all really likable blokes. He goes. Um, mm. People might say they lack credentials, hard credentials, but likability mm. is a credential in and of itself. Likability is in vogue. Uh, isn't it? People are just pining for likability, including the Australian side as well. Um, mm. And so, yeah, I guess that brings us to Stokes being appointed. I don't know. I just like it's it's a it's a hard man. He's simplifying things. Roots back to four. It's Broad and Anderson. It's just let's just keep things simple, boys. Step hit, see ball, hit ball, uh, side mouth, beers. I don't know. I I, I kind of like it. I'm looking forward to it. I feel like it's. Um, I feel like the ECB have have, um, have just tried to turn it on and turn it off again. Uh, turn it off, turn it on again, rather, mm. uh, if you will. Uh, where it's just a complete system refresh, which is what you need after the complete diabolical season that they had last year of uh, winning one of seventeen Test matches or whatever the fuck that statistic is. Yeah, when you go through it, I suppose they went to two of the hardest places to tour in world cricket: Test match tours away to Australia and. Um, India doesn't get any harder than that. And then I suppose, you know, performances aren't good enough. They don't have enough good players, et cetera, et cetera. So something had to change. I, uh, I think the importance of like, you know, for instance, uh, you know, in football senses, like the, the captain on the field is, is very, it's very different to cricket. Cricket's so hands-on, whereas like much more tactically astute decisions need to be made. But you also just need a good bloke to get around. I think like good blokes are so important. I don't think you need to like your captain in football. I think you need to like your captain in cricket because he's like telling you what to do. Yeah, he's telling you where to bowl. He's he's giving you he's setting parameters within the game, like i.e. field settings for you to execute your skill. Now, obviously, at the very highest level, bowlers set their own field, but like, but I'm, in my mind, it's fourth grade. Okay, um, but like, I still think you need to be able to like approach it. Your captain needs to be an approachable, likable guy. Now, I'm not saying Joe isn't likable. In fact, I find him very likable. 
What strikes me is this this selection a little bit was when like Brian Lara was captain of like a really bad West Indies team. It's like, yeah, your best players kept well, like a Jai Warden at the end of his career. We're like the team is no good anymore. Your best players like just taking all the all the workload. I don't see a lot of things changing. I see some, I see an uptick of like five percent here, which hey, better than a downtick of five percent. Don't get me wrong. Um I just feel a bit partridge shrug about the whole thing. Like, yeah, that's good. It's a new kit. They've got Castor now on the kit. Um and uh, it's Ben Stokes, he's doing an interview with Sky Cricket about a month ago. He's got a great new salad. The fade's looking fantastic. He's looking good. I hope he's mentally fit. He's looking fit as well. Like physically fit, I mean. But I worry about the workload, you know. I worry about it all being a bit too much. And and I, what happens if they, what happens if they get worse? <laughs> like, I don't know if that's possible. But that's also a potential, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I, th- I think New Zealand are good. <laughs> I think New Zealand are pretty good. Well... What about Brendan McCullum then? He goes speaking in New Zealand. So McCullum, you know, like I must admit, sure. upon his appointment, like I, I thought McCullum, because this is all like appointments are now brand based, right? Like this is this is these are all vi- these are vibes appointments. Just just as McDonald was as well. Like Andrew McDonald's got um got like uh, hard credentials behind his appointment, but like it's still vibes. It's still a move away from intensity brought about by other people from other generations, um, which I suppose we'll come to. <laughs> but like I thought McCullum's brand was like. Attacking cricket and beers with Chris Lynn. That's what I thought it was. He's got a lot more gravitas than that. He gave a good speech a few years ago at the MCC. Oh, that, that that helped him get appointed. Um, um, <laughs> but it's not a bad brand. Like, but is it is it fit for Test cricket? Like, I, I can see the allure of Brendan McCullum. You know, for a team at the bottom of the rung, like it's it's sharp salad vectors. Collar just so the other day as he presented in front of Lords, Nike trainers, sockless. And he's kind of like Kiwi laconic as well. Like the, this is the age of the coach who, who facilitates, he unlocks by creating relaxed environments. Like that seems to be what's in vogue now. Mm. Um, you know, they all, all the players play so much, mate, that they don't have space for cloying intensity anymore. They're all in bubbles. They don't need someone tell, telling you to go to Gallipoli and get into the trenches. Yep. And like, yep. you know, it, it, like everything is tidal though. So like in the past it was, it was work hard, circuit hard, wear pain as a badge of honour, sweat, yep. grind, don't be a weak coat, get in the tubs, get your cock out. Uh, you know, how many birds have you slept with? You're weak if you haven't. You know, like that's... It's an information exchange. I'm not glorifying it. I'm just saying it's what it yeah, was. Yeah. Um, but do you think we'll pine for the hard man soon enough? We're in the relaxed, you know, yep. nice, thoughtful environment. Do we already miss Ravi Shastri, for example? Uh, yep. So, yeah. And I did also like that Brendan McCullum said... <laughs> I like that Brendan McCullum said in his press the other day, everyone's got a fear of failure to a degree, but it's probably just a little more English than others. <laughs> so, <laughs> I like the coaches coming in Perfect. and he's saying there's something a little more inherent yeah. when it comes to fear of failure in your country. But, you know, to be fair to England, yeah. they like a lot of the guys who've uh, changed the game for them in the last couple of years um, have come from overseas, you know, like Andy Flower, Owen Morgan, Trevor Bayliss, uh, Kevin Peterson, you know, mm-hmm. uh, they 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 like a, they like a dad they like a stepdaddy to come in and say it's yeah. going to be okay and yeah. hold our hands. When they play, though, I don't think I don't think um, Peterson's idea of franchising club cricket um, is necessarily going to get off the ground. Just net, not, uh, judging off the groundswell support from Twitter uh, and his interactions recently, but. Um, but I, I wonder if Brendan McCullum can be the unifier of the core members of the team to unlock the potential of 
someone like an Ollie Pope, someone like a Zach Crawley. Now, obviously not those two not people, those but two, just someone, someone like them. them. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, because are we still talking, like, is anyone talking at all about how, like, Broad and Anderson just didn't even go to the West Indies? And I think it became... I th- I thought it was obvious, but I don't think anyone else spoke about it. So maybe it was actually just me being dumb. And it's not even a real thing. But like, wasn't there just like a riff in the team where the the captain Joe Root was like, "These guys are not good for the team environment. They can't pl- like <laughs> like we shouldn't play them because they're, they're putting too much pressure on younger guys." Like, do you, do you know what I mean when I say that? Like, it just struck yeah. me that but that's how many times now. these young guys Root's lost. He's not captain anymore. Yes, he has, and now it's he back has, to like that. Like isn't Key mm. and McCullum and Stokes? They're just gonna. It's gonna be beers deluxe, thoughtful beers, yeah. deluxe, modern thoughtful beers, yeah. but still old school beers in the sense of like, yeah. it'll be. It's surely it's side mouth. Like, pff, man, we're playing broad now. Because like, because I'm not saying I'm not saying like there's a riff in the dressing room. I'm not saying that. It's I just felt, I just felt like, like broad specifically, which might be wrong, was like just looking at like the, the batters in the team being like, pff, fucking hell. Not going to win shit with this. Maybe he's right. You know, he probably is right, and he's way better cricket than most of the guys in the team that he plays with. But like having that in the environment struck me as quite a negative, toxic scenario. Hence, why two of the best players I've ever had didn't go to the West Indies, where they then lost that series as well. I, but like that's now gone because of a new blokes. So, so anyway, my point is, can McCullum come in and unify the group in this relaxed setting to then unlock the potential of you know guys that. Uh, have the potential to be test match cricketers because at mm. the moment they've only got like four test match quality players. That's 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 basically where they're at with their squad. Now, like, uh, and when I say like, I wonder if it gets worse. Like, what I mean by that is like, if Stokes gets so overbear with his workload that he then performs to a lower level than what he was before captain, and if Roots now in a bit of flux in his own career where he's not the captain now, he's like just a batter in the team. Maybe that you would think that that would actually mean he should score more runs because he's got less less on his plate, but. That also might not be the case as well. He's been averaging like about 170 in test cricket for the last three years. That's not going to keep going on. So they've got to find more runs from somewhere else. And that player doesn't exist just yet. So is McCullum the guy to come in being like, eh, let's throw, throw the throw the foot around. We'll um, pretend like we're at Twickenham. Uh, do some black cap stuff. Do some all black stuff. Uh, get some vibes, beers. Uh, no. And then we can win some test matches. Is that it? Is that th- is that it? I, th- I think it's worth a go. I think it could be fun. It could be fun. I'm with Rob Key. You know, like buckle up, buckle up for the ride, baby. Like yeah. uh, I don't know. Look at it. I, I I think they're probably going to go okay this summer. Like I want to honestly. I I think people will still be expecting them to win both their series against uh, New Zealand and South Africa, isn't it? So yes. Uh, and I think it'll just be off the back of you know Root Four, Stokes Six. Broad and Anderson will play. They just need a couple of um, support acts to step up, you know. They just need Bearstow to score a few runs. And the other, the, the big one for them is, like, they've got the two best young players in England back into the side together, which is Ollie Pope and Zach Crawley. They are um, the highest class and high, most talented players. They've had some struggles, etc. cetera, but um, they obviously just have decided to invest in them. It's in England. You know, they're pretty good at home. 
Mm-hmm. I think they could have a pretty decent summer, uh, and uh, and I think that they yep. might ride a little bit of a wave of momentum of McCullum and Stokes and and Key coming in. They're just taking a little bit of the pressure off. Um, but yeah, then again, sometimes you have all of those fantasies in off season. You realise I'm still pretty susceptible on fifth stump, you know, fourth stump. It doesn't really matter. Or I change clubs and I still play against the same teams. <laughs> I just do it on yeah, a different yeah. ground in different colours. Turns out I've still got heaps of technical deficiencies. I don't know. <laughs> uh, England's obviously got injuries to Lux as well. He goes uh, so stressies everywhere. Sack Mahmood, Matty Fisher, Ollie Robinson. Uh, Ollie Robinson's strange stuff going on there, but I hope he's good. But he's got some, he's got mounting fitness issues as well. And uh, Chris Wokes is on the sidelines. Sam Curran, Ollie Stone, Mark Wood. And then saddest of all for me, I shouldn't really rank the sadness of injuries, but Jofra for the season. So the elbow injury turns into a back stress, back stressy. Uh, You know, come on. (laughs) I'd I'd love to see Jofra back, but what are you going to do? It's right in the it's right in the window again of uh, it might have been last winter we were talk sorry last northern summer we were talking about um we're talking about would he ever play red ball cricket again and like mm. he's obviously still young enough and of course that's possible but it's it's just getting to a point where like you know why would he you know and we'll, we'll talk about the IPL and and the significance of that tournament in a moment but that is just so present like why like why would he do that if he's now going to risk earning probably $10 million US dollars in the rest of his career. Why would he risk that um, by trying to play another 15 test matches in his career where he's going to bring a break down? I'm, I, there's another conversation here about, you know, when Root was captain, did they over bowl him? Was the workload too much? They, they had this like this fucking amazing bowler first time in since probably, um, you know, Broad and Anderson come into the side and, and he's like, oh, so this is exciting. It's pace and it's something to take out to Australia as well and to South Africa and other bouncy decks and, and uh, did we overbowl him? And I can definitely see that argument, but I also wonder, like, maybe this would have happened anyway with a with a guy who's as finely tuned as Joffre Archer. Clearly, where like maybe maybe bowling's not so good for the body because it's actually really bad for the body. Um, but like just these like these triggering um, injuries one after the other, cascading from you know an elbow here into a back there, suggests that like this might have occurred anyway, but. It's like ah, we had him, and then and we just haven't had him in like two years. He hasn't bowled in two years, right? In, in international, we've seen a lot of net stuff and bowling to like county twos players. That's been good. Don't get me wrong, but and the footage of yeah, that is unbelievable as well. If you can overstep, it's unbelievable. And, yeah, blokes can't see it. Fundamentally ill-equipped to face Joffre Archer, like that's good. But getting him back yeah. on the field for England would be better. <laughs> only just, be only yeah. just, only just. Not by much, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a shame. It's a shame. I don't know what else to say. I hope he comes back better. He's 27 now, Joffre. Um, I think the question you ask about his viability or interest in red ball cricket is a fair question. I hope the answer's yes uh, to it. Because he's unbelievable, but um, yeah, but yeah, obviously, also England have fourteen other blokes out as well. So, um, yeah. Matty Matty Potts is into the side. Matty Potts has come into the side. He goes from Durham. He's a leading wicket taker in the county championship. I sort of know most yeah. things about county county championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just yeah. I just look at clips on Instagram of blokes who probably play two or th- twos or threes here, uh, <laughs> getting LBWs yeah, but and but- <laughs> celebrating deluxe. And yeah. uh, Harry yeah. Brooks in as well. He's averaging one hundred and forty in county championship. So he's he can probably play. He can probably yeah. play. 
Uh, it's, always, it's always good when you see Marnus taking the newborn bowling to Ben Stokes as sort of a hi- one of the highlights of the, the season. You know, okay, is that is that is that what's is that what's happening in the county championship? Is it? Yeah, but do you what about the idea, Pez, that um, Matt Potts has been doing it in front of his captain, Ben yeah, Stokes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Nothing he's been doing better. it in front of him. Yeah, Ben Stokes has been a mid on, just sort of coaching him through a few things. He's really seen it in the flesh, you know. Yeah, That's, it's got to count for something. It's got to count for something. Absolutely. And then they sing that um, really elaborate song at the end where they use their bats. Uh, and hammer him into the. <laughs> to be fair, that know. is the most fun part of cricket, if I'm honest. Would you? Um, is it? I mean, what do you? Th- what are your thoughts about like getting kind of um, choreographed and like a, almost a symphony style song where you've got to get props out like your bat and like beat it into the floor on the beat? Like, oh, are you? Do you? Do you like that? Like, do you like more elaborate songs after winning? I'm, I'm kind of torn because like, when I hear it, it's, I mean, mm-hmm. it sounds a bit like a limerick, like an Irish limerick. But um, and it's some English stuff. I like but the, I respect it. But then again, you know, I, sometimes I wish with our club song that there were harmonicas involved and there were um, harmonies and and other instruments. Would that be sensational? <laughs> so, uh, someone's someone, doing like an acapella. Oh yeah, someone someone brings out a tuba, you know, <laughs> just to just to get us just to get us in key. Oh. <laughs> So there's a breathing exercises beforehand. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. One, one, two, uh, one, one, two, three. I mean, two, I, one. I do like the I do like the sheer primitive nature of a, you know a barbaric chant. So yeah. like if you're using your if you're using your stick to you know, bash on the floor, I often found a wheelie being very good. Yeah, uh, acoustically, yeah, of course. And nice thud to it. Yeah. Um, like Red Simon's nice gong, but just with a wheelie bin. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Yeah, and then you can let, let out some like primal screams. That's that's what I wanted. That when you're getting mm. six points in your know, third grade, mm. that's I mean, there's a few things uh, better in life. Mm. Um, Good band too. Pez, let's let's talk indeed. Let's talk about Australia, um, and we'll start off with um, the sad news of Andrew Simon's passing, which was now a couple of weeks ago. I think it was. It's obviously hard to separate the two, the three things indeed of like Rod Marsh's passing. Um, you know, after a heart attack, and then Shane Warnes, I think later that week, um, or the same. No, it wasn't it? Wasn't the same day? It was later that week, wasn't it? And then on the back of that, another Australian legend um, who was also quite outward facing, Andrew Simons, because he was still doing, he was still co- he was involved in coaching, and he was still doing commentary. Um, so he was still very like ever present, and um, obviously in that era of that team, um, having now Rod Marsh was very influential with those guys, and then Warren, and then Simons. It all feels like it's affecting this one group of people and it must be absolutely devastating and i know a lot of people had a great um a relationship with with andrew simons people who were fans of the game you know because just love the way that he played and he was so electric and and he was so likable you know he was such a likable person and the, and the travesty of this obviously affects many people who in the cricket community but of course the first things you think about is you know that his friends that he played with and then above that you know his, his young kids and his and his wife as well it's just uh you know, it's absolutely heart wrenching, but it's 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 as I said at the top, it's hard to separate all these. This the tra- tragedy almost becomes enhanced because of, uh, you know, the two others that passed so recently before. You know, oh mate, and Dean Jones the year before that as well. You know, it's yeah, extra- it, it feels extraordinary um, that this has happened in that context, but it you know it has happened, uh, and yeah, it it, it you know, y- you mentioned his friends and family, which should be mentioned first. Uh, and the pain they must be feeling um, from a cricket perspective, I, you know, I suppose it's kind of moot to say, but he's, 
I think a lot of his mates are extraordinarily gutted, you know, um, mm. and even, um, you know, even talking to Watto on our, like, on our, on our YouTube show, he was he was really um, yeah really hurt by it, and I think Ricky Ponting as well, and um, mm. um, and so your heart goes out to those guys who would who would you know have lost a number of their teammates, you know, in a um, in a really short period of time. Um, it's given us an opportunity to remember Andrew Simons, uh, who just was just such it was just a f- sensational player, uh, and. Um, and that's always nice, you know. I hope he knew how much he was loved uh, as a player, especially that 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 World Cup knock against Pakistan, where he was the last player picked in the squad. He goes out, hits 140, whack ass trying to beam him. I was getting mm. pissed at PJs at Dremoyne. Uh <laughs> That's neither here nor there. I'm just back. I'm just back <laughs> in that moment now. Um, <laughs> It's the best World Cup knock I've seen from an Australian. Uh, and then the other thing I noted was that, you know, John T. Rhodes came out and said he was the best all-round fielder uh, ever. That's pretty high praise as well. You know, he was – he and he was going places in test cricket when it got cut short quickly as well, you know, which I think is in large part due to um, really poor handling of a lot of issues – um, stemming from the Monkey Gate incident and other things around the team as well. Uh, but um, nevertheless, you just had this absolute, you know, I, I think at the time I said modern weapon, old school spirit. Um, he'll be he'll be dearly missed, mate. It's um, it's still, it's just shocking, <laughs> really, that all this kind of stuff, yeah. that, that, that this has happened. Yeah. Um, let's get on to uh, news that's uh, uh, more presently. Uh, is that um, there's some, been some changes in the in the dressing room for the coaching staff of Australian cricket, and uh, I suppose most, most notably, um, Daniel Vittori uh, has been has been brought in, um, and uh, and <laughs> <laughs> you distracted because my children are trying to burst into the room. Yeah, yeah. hi yeah, boys, yeah, yeah. hello. It's got a yeah. few thoughts. Got a few thoughts on Vittori. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely yeah. stinging for Vittori's appointment. <laughs> A one-year-old. Yeah, Vittori's come in, he goes, and Andre Borovic, and uh, this just continues the appointment of tall and thoughtful men. Hi, Barney. I'm just I'm just recording about cricket. It's work. Okay, relax, buddy. Hey, um, what do you do for work, Dad? <laughs> um, yeah, harder, harder one to answer when, uh, when mum's a doctor. Um, oh, I just do the cricket things. <laughs> A couple of cricket quips. Uh, anyway, I'm well, I was fine. in the showers once about 15 years ago. I had a few thoughts I don't want to put down That's on paper, right. and now I'm here. So, yeah, um, yeah studying sociology. I thought something's in, there's something in this. There's something. This is this is a rich arena. Yeah. Uh, okay, there's a bit of bunts in this. Uh, Vittori's announced as assistant coach. He goes, uh, and and with Andrew McDonald, you know, we're talking about two tall and thoughtful men, men of peace mm. and composure. And uh, you know where are the where are the beers? Where are the tall stories here? Have, have the beers and the tall stories left the Australian team now? You know, on field and off. Or where's the glint in the eye? You know, like do you, do you reckon Aussies? <laughs> okay, I fucking love both of these coats, by the way. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if that uh, sat, uh, sarcasm was coming across, but like, do you reckon Aussies respect anything Vittori's done? You know, played 442 times for New Zealand, 113 tests, 30 with the bat, four and a half thousand runs, six tons, 362 poles, best of 12er, 25ers, 
17-year test career. But, like, do you reckon we respect it? Mm. Do you reckon we respect anything that he'll... he'll like, as the, like the team, that is. You know, just like... Uh, let me, let do me, I trust let me, it? Let me, do we trust it? Let me... Yeah, let me answer that question by um, by giving you this anecdote of my own experience with Dan Vittori. Um, remember at the end of his career where he started to score hundreds? Like, so he got six hundreds, yeah. and I reckon all six of them, maybe five of them, came in the last like two years of his career. Yeah, and he just he started about like seven, or it might have even been at eight. Mm. And I remember watching the, that that back in the day, and I was like, nah, small boundaries are at uh, you know Dunedin, aren't they? So. You know, it's like a guy who just at the end of his career, he's already got fucking shitloads of wicket, then starts scoring runs later in his career when he's about 50. Hmm. Um, unnecessary. When he's like in his 30s and he's, his batting gets better in test match standard. What the fuck is that? But I'm Mate. still like, ah, boundaries are smaller, aren't they? New Zealand. Yeah, okay. Has he ever done it against us? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I don't recognize any performance if it doesn't come against us. Don't know anything yeah. about other teams playing against each other, really. <laughs> That's uh, right. Seriously. Andre Borovic of grade cricket fame as well, he goes. He's come from Premier Cricket. I mean, what are we now? What is this Australian side? Yeah. It's tall. It's thoughtful. It's progressive. Uh, I, I just don't know if I trust it at all, you know? Well, isn't this, isn't this part of the cycle where, like, when this falls over, and it will because everything always falls over. It's fashion. Over, it's tidal. Exactly. Tide goes in, tide goes out. cyclical. Uh, and so, what we will then we will then need a hard man to come in to toughen us mm. up because we need a bit of we need a bit of fight. Yeah. Now at the moment things are going swimmingly. Yeah. Australia number one in the um, on that Test Championship table thing, and they're the best team in the world apparently. Mm. And Cummins, um, climate change, yeah, Cummins, and yeah, new yeah. Uh, everyone's everyone's singing from the same hymn sheet. Yeah. Um, and indeed, there are a couple of Christians in the team as well. That That's that right. helps, I think. Yeah. Some, some bit of God stuff there. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly for the few tosses. Um, and so. You know, but when that falls over, we'll need we'll need some uh, fucking uh, we'll yeah. need that we'll need some legacy stuff. We'll need yeah. some fucking why are we on back of a length at them? Yeah. Leg gullies. Yeah. Uh, bumpers. Play straight. Um, two men on the hook. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Bat properly, that kind of stuff. Bat properly. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh yeah, look, you're right. On the one hand, all the guys they've appointed seem to be really well qualified. Yeah. Thoughtful, really good creators of environments, respected by their by the people they coach. And in Andrew McDonald's case, they won in Asia for the first time in about eighty four years. Mm. On the other hand, but. on the other hand, where are, the, are there any circuit stories? Is there any kind yeah. of aggression? You know, I, I just, I just, yeah. I just don't trust it. You know, I'm not sure. Well, I'm not sure about it, despite the despite the wins and the happiness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah despite the results, I'm not quite Res- sure. I mean, despite the you also, results. Because you also have to factor in that McDonald only played about six or seven tests, didn't he? So that's, no, that's, that's not really enough. No. That's not really enough of test matches. Yeah, and Dan Vittori, um, okay, he played 113, but not for the but, not the right kind of test matches. I, I mean, they might as well have been sort of six test matches. If that's I'm right. Honest. Like, that's sort of, yeah, 130 for New Zealand, six tests for Australia. Fucking hell. That is so disrespectful. But Dan, Dan Vittori played 442 <laughs> times for New Zealand. <laughs> Twos. Yeah. How did, did he ever yeah. play grade cricket? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, what's coming up for Australia is uh, what's coming up for Australia is fucking heaps of cricket. Mm. So, in the next they 18 it this months, morning. Yeah. In the next 18 months, 
They're supposed to go to Sri Lanka in a little bit. That's up in the air. We'll talk about it in a second. And then the T20 World Cup is in Australia in October, November. And then there is two tests against the West Indies and then three tests against South Africa. Those five test matches are all at home. And then Australia go to India in February. And then they go to the West Indies for a couple of tests. And then they go to England for the Ashes. And then they go to India for the 50-over World Cup. And then I think India will probably come out here in 2023 that summer. I think that would be the cycle. So that's a fucking fair bit going on. Oh, and by the way, there's another IPL in that window as well. So, um, But they'll probably shorten that IPL, right? Oh, I reckon I reckon it'll be less games this year, next mm. year. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, when that new right still comes in, less games actually, yeah. I mm. actually want less um, anything, for yeah. more money. Less content. Mm. Um, anyway, but yeah, the, the Sri Lanka series, um, which was three tests, I think, two or three tests in Sri mm. Lanka coming up, um, there's a bit of unrest uh, in Sri Lanka now. It doesn't seem... It's not. Well, it's definitely not one hundred percent that that, uh, that that's going ahead because I think it's a little bit dicey, uh, as I understand it. Well, they claim that uh, they claim that uh, like the, I think the ACA and Cricket Australia are saying the tour is going ahead. They've had to. This is from Malcolm Con uh, okay. in the in the nine papers. But uh, so there's three T twenty and five one day games between June seven and twenty four, and they've been moved to day games now. So they've just changed it from night games to day games because the country's short of fuel and medicines and struggling with rolling power cuts. So that's the sort of the extent of what we're talking about here in Sri Lanka. It seems, right. um, to put it mildly, a bit how you're going over there. Uh, players are aware of the situation. I'm just quoting this now. This is Todd Greenberg saying, it's fair to say there is a level of discomfort around touring in conditions that contrast those faced by the people of Sri Lanka, such as rising food prices, power cuts and fuel rationing. Um, Ultimately, our players want to continue to play cricket and will take direction, guidance and advice from CA about tour arrangements and planning. I mean, I just, just, I don't know, reading between the lines there, it looks to me like not playing might be a live option. They say the test matches are unaffected at the moment, but I mean, even... You know, there was some there was there was whispers about this a couple of months ago, uh, yeah. about the viability of the tour. And I think the first thing to say is that like, um, we hope things improve for Sri Lanka and Sri Lankans, uh, and then, but then yeah, from the cricket side, fuck, you know, it. I, I feel like it's a bit of a it's a bit of a watch this space, but yeah. if they do play, I hope Sri Lanka makes bulk Bunsens, and uh, we got to pick three spinners. They pick seven. And it's just a broomathon, and just to see if Australia can do that. I tell you, when when England played there last um, the, uh, this time last year, and then Joe Root scored two double tons, uh, Dan Lawrence scored a hundred, yeah, hundred. He scored some mm. runs as well, and then and then some of the and so they, they did score really well, but obviously relying again on Joe Root scoring double hundreds that does that does seem to help. Um, but then some of the batting of Sri Lanka in that innings uh, in, in in both those Test matches were just some of like real like diabolical gear. Um, that was when. Um, Don Best got a Pfeiffer, uh, I think, from full tosses um, and a couple of half-trackers in there might be as well. Um, there was some real real how-you-going stuff there as well from Sri Lanka. So I want to see a bit of that. Mm. I want to see some pandemonium. Mate, I, want to see, I want to see some fun. Go, mate, uh, mate, tours away. We've, we've, had, we've had one tour away in, in 20 years mm. uh, to any country. And um, we, we well, actually, it was pretty... It was actually a pretty tough watch, Pakistan, that series, if I'm honest, but 1-0. So, um, you know, it's something, something, something new for the eyes. Mm, and they beat us um, there last time new. as well. So, you know. They did. Plenty to they prove did. for whatever fucking trophy they play for. Um, Pez, what do you want to talk about next? Do you want to keep going with the Australian <laughs> stuff? Do you want to talk uh, about... Um, do you want look, to talk I just about- want to say one quick thing, you know. Uh, the, um, the academy's gone. The cricket academy's gone. Um, this is from Dan Bredig a couple of weeks ago. Bredo has written, uh, Australia's rising stars will no longer follow in the academy footsteps of Ricky Ponting and Glenn McGrath. Uh, 
So there's some budgeted makeover or some shit for community and grassroots cricket, but then they're also getting rid of the the center of excellence. I just wanted to say, you know, I just wanted to bid farewell. I don't call it center of excellence, really. It's the academy. Like this is when you get, you know, you had people like your Damian Martins and your Shane Warns mm-hmm. and your Glenn McGraths in the, in the Rod Marsh era when it looked like a real free for all there. But you know, I felt yep. safe because this is when we, you know, this is this coincided with Australia's rise to the top. This is when we got our best throbbers into a lab. And treadmilled those bad boys until they were chiseled, running wicket machines for the public's pleasure. It mm-hmm. could, you know, oh, I think it might have chiseled them into, you know, into a bit of dysfunction as well. But that doesn't matter for us. We just saw stuff on the field. <laughs> I thought it was, what I saw, it was it was, W's. I saw W's. That's I saw, what I saw. Fucking clean I saw sweeps. runs, wickets, W's. Yeah. I saw happiness as a child. Uh, I never saw Steve Orr's eyes though, not fully open, just sort of half squinted. <laughs> that's what I saw, and I felt good about that. No, I think it was. I think the academy was good in the nineties. After that, less so. I remember talking to a guy. I might have said this before. It's a couple of years above me at um, club I was playing at, and he was he was a gun. He was a gun gun junior, and um, but cricket wasn't for him. I just he, I think he was quite like rounded, and he said he was invited to go oh, to the academy. The he said yeah. I know. Worst. He said he was invited to go to the academy, and he said, "Why would I want to go in and out of form ten times during a winter?" He couldn't think of anything worse for his life, which come to think of it is like um, one of the most healthy things I think I've ever heard somebody say. At the time, I was just yeah. like, well, I mean, um, because what, it's awesome. Because, because of the prestige and you just go to the academy yeah. and you just because my, my, the my value is it. My, my entire self-worth is based <laughs> on how many runs I got on the weekend. Exactly. Um, I don't understand what your, yeah, what the issue is. It was the same guy actually made a hundred in a first grade game against the top of the table team and, I asked him um, how to hit him. He said, I did it off my dick, but he actually took his penis out to start. (laughs) (laughs) Any cherries on there? (laughs) uh, Yeah, it was a hell of an image. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, a couple of thoughts there. Uh, And then obviously he goes, the the Australian women's team announces their Com game squad. And all I want to say is that like, it's just safety deluxe uh, because it's a completely unchanged side from the one that won the World Cup. Apart from Shelly Nitschke being the interim coach, uh, which is is cool. No changes. Pez isn't sure if she can bowl. Doesn't matter uh, because they're just safe and dominant and that's good. Um, And that the Commonwealth Games are in August in Birmingham. Uh, Obviously that's, that's, People will be well across that, I reckon. Yeah, the can't Cumbers wait. Games in Birmingham this year. Can't wait. Um, uh, and then just, just just one relatively quickly. There's um leading into the IPL, I reckon. But uh, Aaron Finch was brought into the Calcutta Knight Riders um quite late. He didn't get picked up in the auction. He got he was brought in as a replacement, and he he played in the IPL. And Finch's form for I would say a year has been sort of up and down at best. Uh, and he sort of it seems like he's been ba- he's been batting for his spot. Australia almost every time he's been out to bat in the last year, I would say, and he, he did. He's done. He's done. He's done well enough. He's done well enough to to stay in the to stay in the team and captain the team, obviously. And then the IPL has happened, and it um it didn't look any good. It didn't look any good. Now, like, look, the IPL is a very high standard. He's batting in Asia, uh, slightly foreign conditions, I suppose. But I mean, he has played for about seven different IPL teams, so there's that as well. He knows what he's doing. And it's um it it wasn't just a a run of low scores it was a eyes have gone stuff it was an eyes have gone stuff, uh and uh and then that leads you to think like well, is he going to be pl- is he going to be in the team uh when the T Twenty World Cup rolls around in a few months time Australia's not playing that much cricket beforehand is he still in Australia's best seven batters 
um, to score bulk runs, and especially at the top of the innings when T20 cricket, you have to have your best player open in the batting. Now, that leads us to a broader question. Well, if he's not playing, who's captain? Um, because Steve Smith isn't in the team. Uh, he'd, he'd be in the squad, Steve Smith. He was in the squad in the UAE when they just won the 2020 World Cup over there. Um, but, uh, but Pat Cummins has also had a bit of a, a lean tournament. Um, he would be next most likely, but he's certainly not the first name on the team sheet. I don't think Pat Cummins, um, uh, given he got he got tapped up deluxe in this game, uh, sorry, in this in this IPL, he also hit a 17-ball 50, so there's that as well. But um, but anyway, the point is, there's no, there's no real obvious captain to replace Finch if Finch is not in the squad, which I suspect is probably going to be the case. Hmm. And then there's Dave Warner, who has captained an IPL team before, even during his or his his. So his ban at the moment is he's never to be in any leadership position ever again for Australia. That was his punishment, on top of the the playing ban. Um, now he was at the same time he was captaining the um, Sunrisers Hyderabad in the IPL. He's actually won the IPL with that franchise as well. Um, he's playing with Delhi, which is uh, Ricky Ponting and Shane Watson's in the coaching staff there. Ricky, the the head coach, um, and uh, and it strikes me as like he is the most obvious choice. Now, I reckon there'd be about ninety eight percent of the people being like, "Fuck that, never again." He should never be anywhere near it. He shouldn't even be in the team. Some people would be saying, I'm sure, um, that's wrong. First of all, he's a very good player, and he's still had a he's had a sensational IPL uh, again, as he often does. So he's he's playing and he's opening the batting, Dave Warner. And um, strikes me as he actually might be the most likely candidate. Hmm. And that's con- that's going to be controversial for people, I reckon. Yeah. Um, I think it's re- look. It's really interesting, and I, I think for the like in the interests of um, interrogating and scrutinising the the merits of uh, like and who should be in that T Twenty World Cup side, which is in this in this country, that conversation should happen. As as for Aaron Fincher, yeah, I think you, you're probably being generous to him, saying he's just just about held onto his spot in the side, and his form and that that his form's only been problematic for a year. You know, it's probably been longer than that. And I say that as a compliment to him because his form before that is incredible for Australia. I think the first thing to say is like, as far as I understand, like you know, Andrew McDonald is very loyal to to Aaron Finch, and that's that's the the most likely outcome out of all this is that Finch stays in the side and captains. They have a, I think that. From the schedule being announced this morning, they have a they have a, a little bit of T Twenty stuff ahead of the World Cup. Enough for okay. him to probably, you know, score runs to assure his spot in the side, or or to not like to, because they've announced a shitload of white ball stuff being played in the regions in uh, like Townsville and Cairns and stuff like that, and Gold Coast, which I'll call regional, and uh, for the purposes of, of just this one line, uh, so there might be enough time to see where he's at with it, but yeah, I, I think. The question about, and I think that then Pat Cummins would be next in line as well. But I think the question about the Warner leadership ban is a really important one to have, um, um, and that there's something, there might be something going on with it in behind the scenes as well. Um, I think there are a few conversations happening about it. Um, right. Like, I I rankle at the idea that David Warner is is tarred for life as a villain. Um, he's been in the past abrasive and he's had regrettable behaviour, but we've seen heaps of cricketers um, grow through their time in the side as well before that, haven't we? You know, you might mm. think he's not your kind of guy 
um, or whatever. But people can be young. They can change. They can get better. They can mature. I do believe that uh, that has happened with David Warner a fair bit. Um, and you can come to appreciate people who grow through that. I thought that the that punishment of being banned to lead for life for the remainder of his career and being so specific to him, you know, so it didn't apply to Steve Smith, who was captain, um, is enough to load him with that reputation as a villain in his own country forever. And because there's so much murky stuff around what happened with Sandpaper, there's so much stuff we don't know about and so much stuff that's worth prodding. I don't think that's fair, you know. So to separate the idea that I think you might think Warner is not your kind of guy, that's fine. That's different to to basically casting him as a villain forever off the back of a decision made or a punishment handed down by people who themselves fell on their sword soon afterwards. Um, that's not fair to me. And I think what happened there is going to influence people's views about whether he could lead the side again. Uh, I think the man on the street, the person on the street, sorry, would, would probably say, no, never, don't let him near it. And there's also a lot of change that's happened when it comes to Australian leadership. We've got Pat Cummins in there. The, the, you know, the bill of Australian captain is more than just being a good, shrewd T20 tactician, which Warner is, and he's had great success at Sunrisers doing it. Um, but I think the poor handling of those punishments should be redressed. I think it would also be smart to do that as well. Um, I think there might... I think that ban should be lifted off him. It may not necessarily mean he captains the Australian side. They might come to that view, but I don't think he deserved that. Uh, and I think there is a world where he would make a good captain for that tournament, you know, but I'm not close enough to the side to know whether that's how they feel. It's, I, I do... I don't know. I feel like it's going to come up. I think it's going to come up as well, and I wonder if the reaction from the public would be so... So negative that, like, just to then bring up sandpaper again. Now we're we're still talking about it, and you know, I think we're going to be talking about it until these guys retire, and probably for a bit, bit of time afterwards. Mm. I think it's it's never going to really leave this group because, like, because <laughs> they all knew about it, and the lie just begets the lie, begets the lie. The punishments were a fucking disgrace. Like the mm. the handling of that was a complete embarrassment. You look at like I, I keep going back to it when Steve Smith left the airport that day. No one surrounding him. No one's trying to get to him, <laughs> but there's like 25 police officers like escorting him out of the country. It's a, like, who the fuck let that happen? You know, like the press conferences staggered out between Bancroft, Smith, and and, and then Warner. Um, the the absurd punishment of banned, like like bands for, for life of captaining, banned for two years for captaining for Steve Smith, banned for a year from playing. Uh, I mean, it was a fucking joke. It was a fucking disgrace, that handling of it. And that had been coming from bad behaviour of Australian cricket players for 30 years. That's literally how TGC exists because of the observations of when we were young people, <laughs> when we were young people being like, what's going on here, guys? <laughs> no one's like this in real life. <laughs> what's What are we doing? Why are we cunts all the time? Um, anyway, so, but like, you know, um, now my, my own experiences like playing um, against Warner, and now this story is about me playing against Dave Warner. Of course, obviously. has to. Be. Um, but it was like my my experience back then was was a very negative one, and I held views <laughs> like that. But we we're also twenty, so it's like you know, I understand the, I understand the um, uh, the 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 hate of it, you know, of of him as a person. I hate hates very strong the extreme dislike, um, of him, uh, and the idea of him leading would be shocking. But I suspect that this is going to come up. I suspect this is going to come up, and um, 
I don't know. Like maybe maybe it's too big an idea for people to be like, nah. I think it's well, easier. I mean, it's a lot I'm, easier being like, he was a bad guy. They, they all knew guys. Well, everyone in that dressing room knew guys. He's carrying so much of a load. Yeah, and when we say everyone knew, like, you know, who knows about the specific incident of like Bancroft and the yeah, actual yeah, sandpaper? Yeah. But you know, <laughs> as if, as if, as if they weren't all broadly aware of that. Yeah, that there were methods to help the ball go, yeah. you know, for, yeah. for, a, for a while. Um, but maybe they see that as a separate thing. I, I, I just think in the yeah. interest of, like, fairness and justice, they should actually lift that leadership ban. I think it's unfair. And I, I, I do think Warner has probably matured a little bit in his life. Yeah. Um, we, we were lucky enough to talk to him a few weeks ago playing for Delhi and yeah. um, thought he was, I thought he was great, you know. So, um, yeah, anyway, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that, mate. Mm. Uh, all right, well, just on the IPL in that uh, same uh, notion, the IPL is wrapped up this morning here in Australia, Monday morning, Sunday night over there in India. And the Gujarat Titans, the, one of the brand-new franchises uh, taking out the tournament, they beat Rajasthan Royals, which um, I suppose would have been nice in um, – uh, what's, the, what's the word for that? Well, I mean, what I'm saying is, like, Shane Warne won the IPL with Rajasthan in his very first year, and there was sort of a nice um, – uh, what am I trying to say? Symmetry? Like um Serendipity, yeah, some, some symmetry, some yeah, some serendipity, some symmetry, yeah, some, something like that. Let's just go with those two. Uh, about romance, that, but, uh, but yeah, romance is I think is, mm. is the best way to put that, mate. Um, and so, but uh, but Rajasthan were defeated by Gujarat Titans at Ahmedabad Stadium. Hundred thousand people there in that brand new stadium, um, and looked fucking awesome. And uh, Matt Wade, from an Australian perspective, was batting three for Gujarat Titans, and he has been for the entire tournament. So they won. But um, Pez and I have been covering the IPL now for a couple of years. Uh, this is our second year. It's still in, it's still in the in the grips of COVID, really. Um, but uh, the more we gov- the more we cover it, and the more we observe the culture of cricket and the the economy of cricket, um, the more that's just going to be a bigger and bigger thing. Like it's it is already the biggest tournament in the world. It's probably bigger than the World Cups. It's probably bigger than the World Cups. And I think for the players, we were doing some we we're doing some number crunching pairs weren't we, before about like certain players that like what their contracts are on. For Australian, for Cricket Australia, mm. for instance, compared to what they earn in the IPL, it's um, that's just where it's going to go. And the the TV rights deal is up at the end of this year, so the new rights deal will be will be uh, will be signed in between now and the next. Uh, do you actually know when that is? No. Oh God, no. But, but, but before the before the next IPL anyway, and it's going to go for probably three times more than it did, which is puts that into the billions, several billion dollars US. Um, so that's um, that means the players are going to get paid more. Uh, that means there'll be more teams, there'll be more money, more advertising. The window for the IPL is going to be bigger, probably. Um, so, yeah, that's where it's all going. But because it's on in, in Australia, it starts at midnight, finishes at 3, 4 a.m., don't really, don't really watch it. Don't really see what's going on there. And then we've got, we got a few questions about why the Big Bash is no good. Um, well, the Big Bash goes for longer than the IPL, <laughs> and none of our best players actually play in it. Um, so... There's that. <laughs> <laughs> that's another that reason. Lift, that's a, that, that might, lifting the leadership band might get Warner back to the BBL as well. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. It was a strange tournament here, guys. It was. It was in the grips of COVID. There weren't that many people there at the start. They had 100,000 there at the end, so they built it up. Uh, players were in bubbles. There was two new teams. It was post-mega auction, so... Uh, you know, teams are still working themselves out as well. That you know, teams are sort of half the players in each squad were new to the franchise, uh, and but with that, yeah. So so it felt a little strange for a while, uh, and they, you couldn't really get any 
any pattern from the tournament as well. Like teams would just win, they'd lose. Was, everyone was really inconsistent. But Gujarat stayed. Gujarat's one of the new franchises. They stayed, you know, pretty successful throughout. They didn't even have a team full of superstars, but they got their balance right early. Uh, oh, and they had Rashid Khan, who no one is just no one wants to hit ever. Uh, so they ended up winning. Uh, but I think, yeah, I, I feel like. They want. They probably just want to get through this tournament. Also, you know, none of the big teams did well. CSK didn't do well. RCB they 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 RCB'd themselves, and uh, Mumbai rooted to the bottom of the table. So that you know the numbers viewing numbers were down. I think, but um, it felt like they just wanted to get through this season. And then yeah, new rights deal. Everyone back at the stadiums. I think next year it'll probably absolutely bang. Um, yeah. Yeah. The question is like whether they're going to want to turn it into like a re- super like an actual league. Uh, and everything in cricket revolves around it, and uh, it's a bit of a yeah. scary. It's a bit of a. Uh, it's a. It's a grim thought for me, to be honest. But um, um, fuck, bit of money about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two two things on a plane perspective. Uh, first of all, Liam Livingston hit the biggest six of the tournament, which is 117 meters. I think there's. I think there's something in Liam Livingston. I'm not. I'm now. Kevin Peterson said he should play Test cricket. I mean, that's settled down. Come on. Come on, I mean, he also said he said a lot of things, but uh, but he's he's a serious white ball player. He's a serious white ball player. He said he's had a pretty decent IPL playing for playing for Punjab, wasn't he? Uh, and then Tim David, the 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 evolution of Tim David. Now Tim David's not really a guy that I've seen much at all. Um, doesn't play any shield cricket here. He plays for the purple team in the Big Bash. Um, and uh, but there's oh there's there's something there. There's something there with Tim David. Oh, I'm, and I'm fucking liking it. It's big. It's thick. It hits the cleanest of clean balls. He fields in the outfield without a cap on. Big old mitts, big old buckets. Ooh, this. Oh, yeah. It's 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 out of a lab. It's out of a lab. And if I'm if I'm if I'm doing some white ball stuff in five years time, and I got Tim David and Cameron Green batting the middle order, fuck mm. me. There's some tall, thick, big boy runs right there. Mm. That's what I want in the future. Now, whether he comes into the Australian squad at all is going to be uh, a separate thing. But uh, but or oh, there's there's something there. There's there's some real power there. Mm. Uh, but Liam Livingston hit a bit bigger six than him. So what does that mean? Uh, yeah, okay. Well, Pez, we spoke to Sam Billings, um, as we like to do from time to time. And we had a, re- a really good chat to Bilbo, didn't we? Really good chat to half an hour for half an hour with Bilbo. Uh, and but before we get to that, uh, we need to thank our dear sponsor, Budgie Smuggler. And we're going to get around them for the most ordinary rig yeah. in the UK. Yes. UK's most ordinary rig. So, and just to be clear on this, he goes, um, like, so, so there is a competition and Budgie wants people to enter. All right, so listen out for what this means, all right? They're celebrating the UK's most ordinary rig. They're going to be doing the same thing in Australia. Uh, and when they say ordinary, they're celebrating ordinary. They're not talking about, yep. like, let's just, uh, like, let's just have the sloppiest rigs going around and show them off nah. you know, for gawking potential. Like, we're looking, they, they just want to celebrate just ordinariness. You know, you don't have to have, you don't have to be able to grate cheese, Onto your abs, they want they want rigs who meet the following criteria: good to have beers with, can still run for a taxi and swing an axe. Looks like they were good at sport at some point in their lives, but prevented by injury yeah. or poor coaching selection at a young age. Um, a six pack's actually an automatic disqual- disqualification uh, unless you are carrying a six pack. And what they want oh. you to do is um, they want you to post a pic that captures your personality in smugglers. Um, which includes your ordinary rig with hashtag Budgie Smuggler UK and at Budgie Smuggler UK. So I think one's Twitter, one's Instagram, whatever. And if you're selected, right, you go into a finale. The finale is in London on July 2. This mm-hmm. entrance are open until June 12. 
right? Um, now, the finale's in London on July 2. It's going to be a Victoria's Secret meets Miss World-style pageant. Um, and uh, yep. what you win, if you, if you enter the final... And you, and you do win it. You take home UK's most ordinary rig. Just listen to this. You win a 12-month modelling contract with Budgie Smuggler. You win a billboard <laughs> in your hometown that says, Welcome to X, home to the UK's most ordinary oh, rig. Hell yeah. You get an all-expenses-paid trip to Australia in 2023 to compete in the world's most ordinary rig. So it's a <laughs> world championship. It's kind of like when gladiators came together. And you, and you win... A sash with UK's most ordinary ring. ring? Nice, that's what I want. Rid, rig, ring. Yeah, now, that's, a, yeah. that's an X-rated thing. Uh, that's sort yeah. of... Um, you win a sash. So, it's a pretty big tournament. I've got to say, we go from the IPL to the UK's most ordinary rig. All you got to do is post photos on Instagram. That's how you enter. Um, it's open until June 12. Uh, got to say, I'm getting behind that. And for us to support that, he goes... What we're asking yep. you guys to do, we've opened up our speak pipes for people to discuss ordinary rigs, okay? Tell yep. us about your relationship to your rig. Uh, how, what does a rig mean to you? Where are you when it comes to the space and the construct of rigs? Give us 30 seconds on speak pipe and we'll actually play a few of them just to get people thinking about what, what, what their rig means to them. But I couldn't like be it. clearer, this isn't about rig shaming. This isn't about grating, no. grating cheese onto your six-pack. This is just about an ordinary rig. No more no less, and the celebration oh. thereof. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I am fucking, I'm into the idea of having a billboard deluxe. Mate, I've seen a it billboard. in Australia. Yeah? I think Dan won it. I can't remember where Dan was from, but it was welcome to whatever his town was, in Townsville yeah. or some shit like that, home yeah, yeah, to yeah. Australia's most ordinary rig, and he's there with his Akuba on and just and budgie smugglers. Oh, see you later. That's, that's um, I'm into that. Mm. Get out of here. Get out of here. Uh, all right. Well, you know where to go for that. And uh, you can see the uh, see the details of what we just spoken about in the uh, show notes of this episode here on the interwebs. Uh, T20 stars as well. Here goes before we get to Sam Billings. So firstly, what's T20 stars? Well, it's, it's the kit that Watto owns, right? Um, people know, my people son's know. absolutely he's gagging for it um, the, so, so <laughs> Mate, he's livid that people don't know us. what T20 Stars is T20 he's Stars livid. the T20 Stars shop he goes has stock all year round it's not reliant yep. on the cricket season unlike others you walk into you know various bricks and mortar retail stores I won't name them no, uh, I don't name them I won't name the honourable member for um, retail stores uh, <laughs> they don't have a lot of cricket kit through the winter or whatever. No. But T20 Stars, it's just online. It's all year round. Uh, and like more and more, ki- more and more kids or adults or whatever, if you're listening, you know that you play cricket in seasons other than summer. You might play your indoor yep. cricket, you know. Okay, I've got a few questions about that. Nevertheless, yeah, got a few. T- mm. that's neither here nor there. You can get well, T20 Stars kit. Oh, well, it, no, it's there. Uh, I mean, it's there. Can, it is there. It is but you there. Can, if you, they still need kit, okay? The, rep- hey, hey. the reprobates that play indoor cricket still need kit. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like that. You know, they have rights too. These these yeah. uh, yes. these lowies. Just because, just because they're lepers, just because they're lepers of society, lepers does not mean pyramid. that they should not be able to access a cricket bat That's in winter right. because there is no winter on the internet. So if you go through T Twenty Stars, cut out the middle person uh yes. you can get fast and free shipping and returns <laughs> it's the best option for buying cricket gear all year round now 
I just we just keep delivering for you. If you want fifteen percent off that kit, what you can get off. it because you listen to this podcast. Use the code TGC. Okay, they're going to let you put a code in. You're going to get fifteen percent off. That's Watto sign seal delivered design kit. His thick mitts have been all over it. All the gear is mm-hmm. thick, obviously, yep. because it's in Watto's image. You're yeah. going to get 15% off retail. It's already, it's already at a good price. Use a code TGC. Use a code TGC. We're just offering shit for people. God, just get your kit there. Goodness Come me. on. I'm getting angry Stop now. Stop playing indoor cricket. Mm. Or, you know, get the kit and do whatever you want to get do. The, I mean, do whatever you want to do. Yeah. Exactly. Just get the kit, do whatever you want to do. That's the new tagline. Get the kit, do whatever you want to do. With it. Mm. Mm. Yes. Uh, all right, here he is. Here's the great man, Bilbo. With all due respect, those mates are also the all-time greats of Australian cricket. They are the fabric of Australian cricket. They also work all around the world in cricket. They are Australian cricket. Oh, it must make you feel good that all your mates are supporting you in the media. I said, yeah, it is. Acting chairman. So yeah, I'm glad my mates. I'm glad my mates. So yeah, I'm glad my mates are looking after me. I'm glad my mates, 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 mates. I'm glad my mates are looking after me. What I've learned is my mates got your back. I'm glad my mates are looking after me in cricket. I'm glad my mates in cricket got your back. Imagine if you had of. Okay, well, the man before you, if you're watching on YouTube or just listening, the man at the other end of the camera is uh, he's one of those guys where you need to scroll sort of three or four times on Crick Info before you complete the number of teams he's represented, which is not because, not just because he's a gun in every format, but he's, he's probably great around the boys. He's a rig, he's a salad, he hits a long ball, uh, his dad might have a helicopter, he might be the sort of guy, if you're asking me if he's got a Rolex, he actually does um, at that time. Uh, since the last time we caught up with him, he's continued to make his name in the IPL, he's Captain Kent to a T20 Blast trophy, he's got engaged, he's become a Channel 7 media darling over here in Australia, so we're colleagues, uh, and he's become England Test Cap number 700 uh, debuting against Australia at Hobart after driving 18,000 hours down an Australian highway as a late inclusion. Uh, with all that in mind, it's great to have Sam Billings back on the show. Bilbo, g'day. Thanks again for having me on, lads. Um, it's quite surreal, actually, when you've said all of that in the last six months or so. You don't um, probably take it in, actually. So, um, yeah, thanks for that. That was probably the nicest thing you're going to say to me on the show. Hey, we've got heaps of nice things to say and then bang, I'll jab something in. Um, so I've just got a couple of questions about the test, Bilbo, that you played against Australia. Uh, so I'm not going to do some like wet banter here about Australia winning and all that kind of malarkey. Like it, I just, I want to ask you about the experience. It's a day and night test. You're in Hobart. Um, the team's already down. Uh, you make 30 odd when you batted, 29, uh, five dismissals in the second innings. What was your experience of it? And you don't need to say how disappointing it all was and whatever. Like, I, I just want the personal experience and the pride and, uh, and all the stuff we don't know. Yeah. Um, 
I think actually being a little bit older now, a bit more experienced in your career, I, I went into that week going, you know what, I've got absolutely nothing to lose. Um, you felt like a bit of a competition winner driving all the way down Australia. And then, um, and then you, you're like, yeah, why not? Just give it a, give it a real good crack. Um, playing 700th man to play test cricket against uh, Aussie on their own, on their own patch. I mean, it doesn't really get too much better than that. So I just went in with a really open mind. I thought I'm going to give it absolutely everything and, and try and, actually inject a bit of positivity and a bit of life into into the dressing room and that's something that kind of comes naturally to me but um yeah certainly being a bit older and a bit more experienced I was able to soak up the experience uh, far more than I than I used to when I debuted for um like in my one day stuff or the t20 stuff um you kind of get so wrapped up in the emotion and a bit nervous so yeah a bit older uh, a bit wiser and uh, definitely uglier, so I, I could definitely enjoy it a bit more. I think you're going all right. Just just, just to follow up on that, we we got a we got a tweet uh, from someone called Michael, of course, and there was heaps of numbers after his name. Um, and the tweet Mike. was, uh, <laughs> sure, I don't know what he goes by. I can ask him. Um, at grade cricketer, saw this is this is months ago, just after the game. Saw Billings walking to the cafe next to where we were in Hobart. He's walking with a stride that screamed absolutely massive night and a face that was asking for help without words. Asked him how he was. And this is the quote. Yeah, mate, not well with absolute desperation and regret. So was it a good circuit? I know a lot's been said about the circuit, but I, I want to talk about your circuit post that test debut. Oh, it was good fun. Yeah, we, it was as fun as it could be because we can't go out because of COVID and everything like that. Um, we were still under pretty strict protocols, but uh, it was, I think that's one element of the game where even like whenever, whatever cricket you play um, after a game, having beers normally with your, your, your lads, but also the opposition is something that because of the franchise world now, everyone's kind of mates with the opposition. So it was great to, um, Pat Cummins and I go a long way back, played obviously um, Sydney Test Match Cricket together. Mm, and right. uh, <laughs> and yep. um, yeah, a few of the other lads as well. So it was, it was great to uh, yeah, have a few beers and it was a pretty late night. So I had plenty to celebrate with, with the cap. So um, yeah, gave it a nudge. Mm, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, Bilbo, this... now, yeah. With... Um... You, you won the Sydney Thunder Player of the Year Award this year, which I actually accepted on your behalf. Um, so it's actually in my house. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> it's a shame you couldn't make it um, to that evening. Prestigious again. award hosted very well by two um, comedians from the internet. Um, but when I, when I say you play, Bilbo, I'm being serious now. Like you, you're in every single England squad. You, you've been in the IPL for years. And, and like I feel like you're used quite sparingly. But when you play, like as with the Sydney Thunder, like you, when you're valued in a squad, you seem to perform so well. It, it has to be so frustrating. You, it feels like to me you've been in every England squad for like five years. And, and like, and... and I have. <laughs> <laughs> I, played, I played something like 50, I think it was something, someone pulled the stat up. I've done more 12th man in terms of matches than anyone else in world cricket over the last five years so um consolation being is obviously still in the squad but 
Um, I think I'm a far better player than just being a water boy. Um, but yeah, on the flip side of it, I'm a very good water boy, clearly. So um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's not ideal, but um, you'd rather be in the squad than not. Um, but I think I'm getting to the age now where I just want to want to play cricket as much as possible. And that's why I love the big bash, because you know that you're going to play every game. Um, I mean, living on Bondi is a bit of a bonus, but um, <laughs> you can just go out and play every single game and, and just enjoy it. And you're not thinking about actually I'm playing for my spot for the next game or the next squad or anything like that. So, so yeah. Hey, can I, can I pick up on that a little bit? Like, I don't know how you probably can't go in, into any detail about this. So I don't really know what I'm asking, but like that, that phenomenon of regularly being 12th man or a squad player. And we joke about it, but uh, perhaps like being advantaged by being a social creature that is, that is valued as a, as a presence around the team can also be to, to your personal detriment, except that it's never said or never quantified. It's never about, runs or how you're hitting them in the nets but and so you'll never prove that that's kind of that might be what's going on like is it is it true that like at the pro level you might need to, not you but one might need to agitate or get political a little bit or have the right conversations to like get yourself some cricket and to stop being seen as a really great bloke that might be it might be easy. He's so well-rounded. He actually has such great social and cultural awareness and whatever that, you know, he'll take it. Okay. Is that something that resonates with you or is it just like, uh, uh just, it's just coincidence. I'm definitely a good tourist. Um, that's a strange <laughs> moment. Um, yeah, it might be the case, but, um, at the end of my career, when I do look back, I'd much rather be a good bloke than a bloke who upset the dressing room and, and caused issues. Um, so yeah, we play this game for 20 years. I want some mates at the end of it. Um, so <laughs> that's the way I, I view it. And um, I think everything will kind of sort itself out. I'll, uh, I'll get there eventually. I just have to be a little bit more patient. I mean, the amount of times I've said, I've heard by different people is just keep doing what you're doing, mate. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> I will. <laughs> It hasn't changed in five years, but I keep hearing the same thing. Running the water, that is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gatorade, <laughs> sensational. Yeah. Great mix. Yeah. Yeah. Your throwdowns um, must be fucking amazing, Bilbo. It must be so good. It must be the best throwdowns. Sore shoulder, done. <laughs> He's great in a dog oh, stick I'm as not, well. I'm not, I'm not that stupid, you know. Yeah. That was sort of a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I guess it's related, Bilbo. Like, there's obviously some upheaval in English cricket. You might have heard that. I don't know. A uh, couple of new sheriffs in town, new MD, new test captain, a couple of new coaches. Uh, you know, we, we hear talk of a Red Bull reset. Uh, I appreciate that. Like, you know, we're being quite jovial, and you're going with that. But it's probably it's quite a, you know a serious thing for you as well. Like, I, I feel like it's very it's very interesting for you because you, as Higo says, you play every format. You you're best known for white ball in terms of your performances, but you're held in such high esteem that you were mentioned as a potential captain in the red ball setup. Um, when you see Ben Stokes limiting his white ball stuff for test cricket, given that you can play in every team in the world and they all want you like, d does it cause you to weigh up things or think, well, how am I going to divide my time and where do I want to put my focus into and what, what rather than you telling us what that is, like what principles guide those, um, those thoughts? 
No, that's a really good question. I'm, I'm a little bit worried about you two. Like, you've been awfully serious so far. Like, I'm, just waiting. I'm on edge. I'm waiting for the punchline and going, boom. It's a really good point. I think the, the options that we as players have now are, are phenomenal. And it's, it's a great time to be a player in, in this era of cricket. Um, Look, I've, I've never been contracted by the ECB, centrally contracted, so I'm contracted by Kent. So that kind of governs my decision-making that actually I'm, I, I'm in that position at the moment or have been that I don't know whether I'll be in the next squad or the next two squads. So I can't plan ahead. So you've kind of got to try and commit to the franchise staff or whatever because it's it's opportunities that will pass you by if um if you don't commit otherwise so um it does make it a bit more difficult obviously if a ben stokes for instance can limit his white ball stuff he's another level um he's a superstar but centrally contracted and then he can really focus on and he's got that clarity moving forward um all my decisions are trying to give myself clarity but um it proves pretty problematic um, month on month, if I'm honest. I just want to ask you, Bilbo, about coaches and like the direction that you think coaching might be going. Because for instance, like at the moment, you're captain in Kent and you've just come home from Calcutta or from Mumbai, I suppose, you know, playing for KKR. But Vitality Blast game last night, counting championship, you played in the last test matching and played. You must have, first of all, you must have like 15 different bits of training kit just around your house. But also you must have like, you must have like 20 coaches at the moment. You must have so many coaches for about like a minute. And then a different coach comes along and tells you to hold the bat differently. Try left-handed. Like, is that so like, like, am I asking, what I'm asking is like, um, a coach is now becoming less about the technical side of things and more just creating an environment where people can succeed. Hit the nail on the head. Exactly. There um, is all about creating that environment and also, building a relationship with, with players, I think, and trying to get to know them in a very short period of time uh, to get what, not what they want, but to get what they need um, to perform and, and to get the best out of them. I think the franchise world has also shown that at the end of the day, we're, we're an asset. Um, you either appreciate or depreciate, and, and it's, it's a very short period of time where you've got to perform. So, um, yeah, you can have a stinking IPL and you won't be in the IPL next year and vice versa. So um, you could be on base price for the next three years <laughs> if, you have, <laughs> if you have a great time. Um, so, yeah, it's, I, I think it's, it's a great skill and that's why you see a lot of people, and I know it's very easy to say, but um, Stephen Fleming has always been one of the best coaches I've ever worked with. Um, Ricky Ponting also. Uh, Panna, as you'd call him, what a man! Um, your first, yeah, your nickname terms, you two, or are you still? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I saw him a couple of months ago, and I was definitely called mate. So uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that's an upgrade on champ. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, but those, those kind of guys, I think the experience of. Um, being captain and having to have that emotional awareness of getting the best out of different players, different uh, personalities. That's a skill that translates into the best coaches. And they're the ones that realize, okay, you know what, an extra net session where someone's trying to slog it for the next hour and 20 minutes 
is exactly what this player doesn't need. Like Stephen Fleming grabbed me out of a net in Delhi, I remember. Uh, he was like, you're not going to hit them better than the last 10 minutes. Like, these are terrible pitches. I don't know how you're middling it. Like, get out the net. And he just dragged me by the um, by the grill. And I was like, oh, I've been Alfred. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm kind of aroused. Like, yep. Okay, ooh, cool. Ooh. Yep. <laughs> Straight. Um, but yeah, that was, that was, it was that kind of thing is that awareness of going, yeah, right. You're done. Um, you're not going to hit them better and you're, you're ready to go. So yeah, uh, those kind of skill sets, I think, uh, are the most important now It's far less technical because you have a batting coach, you have a bowling coach, they're the technique guys and, and the amount of analysis that goes into it now, um, you normally see your, your technique getting sprayed on the TV anyway. So they, they do the work for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh bilbo you're obviously you, you you're well entrenched in england's white ball setup um they have a new coach matthew mott you know i know you're a supporter of manchester united and just european football generally you understand coaches come with philosophies and uh, i guess what i want to know is does matthew mott have what it takes to fit into owen morgan's regime and philosophy 100 percent. um i i haven't spent a huge amount of time uh with motty but the bits when I was playing for the Sixers back in the day, he was around. Um, Rob Key speaks incredibly highly of him. He, he tried to get him at Kent quite a few years ago uh, when he was captain here. So um, I think, again, with Keezy, but also Morgs and, and the rest of the setup, they, they're very uh, in tune with how they want to move things forward. And I think Morgs kind of it speaks for itself the last five years, how he's completely changed the culture. Um, yeah, Moddy will come in and, and fit that perfectly and, and hopefully take us to another level as well, um, which, which is always exciting. What about uh, Brendan McCullum? You obviously just spent a bit of time. At, uh, you've obviously spent a bit of time at KKO. You've played the entire IPL with the new test match coach, Brendan McCullum. Like, what's he about? Is he a, is he a technical guy? Is he just, just good around the boys? He strikes me as good around the boys. Um, elite, I think is the, the term to use. Nah, horrendous. Yeah. Horrendous. Elite. Shocking bloke. Yeah. 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 yeah elite. Say. You know, yeah. do I want to just, you know, completely end my career now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we get some worst bloke I've ever met. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. No, he, he's one, he's an exceptional bloke. Um, and I know this might sound, well, be hard for you guys as Australians, but I mean, it's, it's rare to get a bad Kiwi, let's be honest. And oh, that's, um, true. that's true. It's that's true. very true. Yeah. And no, he, he's awesome. I, I think the huge strength that he will bring to that test match environment is to drive a culture, to completely reset it. And he, it's funny kind of reading all the stuff and kind of seeing different people kind of, um, have these perceptions of how he's going to go about his business and it's going to be 2020 cricket with, you know, everyone's going to be slogging from the first over. Like that was him as a player, but like he's a tough bastard. Like he's, he's tough as nails. Like he, he'll want to graft it out. Like don't have that perception of how he went about his cricket just to completely go on to um, trying to get other people to play all that way. Um, yes. It's about putting people under pressure, but I think the biggest strength of him is to get the best out of the human beings around him, um, drive a culture that everyone will be going in the same direction. And, then, and that's the biggest key. Um, I think it has lacked a little bit of 
kind of direction just because of the changes over the last few years. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think with him and Stokesy, there'll be a very clear vision, that clarity, and and everyone will be moving in the same direction, which is really exciting. I don't know, man. I think if you score heaps of runs for your country, then you're sort of owed the job for a little while, mm. uh, and you should be looked after by lots of people. That's just your my comment, not yours, your friends, your mates, yeah. and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Hey, uh, <clears throat> so, my mates. You'll never play for Australia, Billings, with that attitude. Uh, <laughs> so, I, so I had to. I mean, you yeah. were, you're going to joke about it. Everyone can joke. About yeah, it. I think by the time people listen to this, we'll have already joked about it at the start of the show, which I haven't recorded yet. But um, yeah, yeah. Um, they were Australian cricket. So, hey, uh, uh, Bilbo, j- just on the stuff that's been written and said, and you know, perceptions in the externally about how England's going to go about it. You know, you. You, you were mentioned as a potential test captain and we know that Stokes has been appointed. So we can talk about this. Um, I just want to know, like, what does it, what does it feel like to sit silently and have to like watch, listen and read people uh, talking about the merits of you as a captain, or even in some cases, the, really, cri- really, cri- yeah. <laughs> criticizing it when at the yeah. prospect of you being England captain, when you never asked for it, all you've done is just been, highly regarded as a leader and a person. Uh, and then I, I just noted there's a, there's a fair few people drawing up a straw man and then just writing an article just saying why Billings shouldn't be captain, you know? And it's just like, well, all you did was just be someone who might be. I was sitting on the sofa drinking a coffee game, <laughs> taking the piss out of Tim Southey and Pat Cummins. There we go. <laughs> heads, heads or tails, Bilbo. <laughs> 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 Uh, those, those two together, <laughs> they were relentless. Within a couple, I could not escape the two of them. Oh, they were just on it the whole time. Like, Six to one odds? No, surely not. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, but yeah, it was, it was very entertaining. It was, they, were, they were on me for about, there was a period of about two, three weeks because all of this was going about. And yeah, like I said, in a, in a bubble where we had no outdoor space in the hotel, like it was just kind of, yeah, pretty confined. And every night we're just watching the IPL game um, in the team room and they were just relentless the whole time. And we're like, and it was the amount of airtime that English cricket got from those two. It was incredible. Um, all the different, who's going to be captain? Who's going to be coach? Who's going to bat three? We're like, what's going on? And so, yeah, it was, it was chaos, all of them. Um, You won't so know I, this, Bilbo. Sorry, shall I try and answer that question as well? Oh. I've kind of no, 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 you, you nailed it. You nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I had the two biggest critiques right there with me. Um, you won't know this, Bilbo, but there's a, because uh, you'll be focusing on the loss, obviously, against Somerset um, to start the Vitality Blast the other day. But there's a World Cup in Australia, a T20 World Cup coming up. And um, I'm almost positive that you'll be in the squad because that's what you do. You're in the squad. Um, but, like, is there, a, is, there a, is there a spot where you're like, yeah, like, that's, that's me. That's how I get in. Is it, is it three? Is it opening? Is it keeping? Is it seven? Is it a finisher? Like, do you have, a, do you have an idea where it's like, if I perform 
this well in the next three, four, five months or whatever before the World Cup. Like that's that's how I get into the squad. Like that's that's sorry into the starting eleven. Like, is there a, a clear path for you? Uh, one, two, three injuries, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah, you got a joke, man. Haven't here. Um, of course, it, the hundred produces. Um, Sorry, it, it presents a great opportunity, the Vitality Blast as well. And there's a lot of international cricket um, in the meantime. So there will be opportunities. Ultimately, it's up to me to take those um, whenever they come. Uh, I, I see myself probably getting into that side, definitely kind of four, five, six, seven, that middle order. Um, and also four, four and five, that's where I'm best at. Um, six and seven is a bit of a lottery. We all know that. Um, You'll have kind of one good day to every four or yeah, whatever. Um, so yeah, I'd like to kind of bat four and five. Um, but like I said, it's, it's all down to me, really. Um, you've just got to force your way in, uh, way to runs. There's a lot of very good players around at the moment, as there are in Australia and uh, especially batting. Uh, we're not short of batting. So it's um, simple as that, really. Um, uh, just got forced my way and with that we've we've got probably two of the best white ball keepers well in England's history without a doubt um in front of me as well so uh yeah I mean how long does it take to get citizenship no it is what it is you just kind of crack on uh give it my best and uh, we'll see where we end up any other cricket questions he goes Tricky questions. Oh, no. no I've, got, no. I've got one question about training at Crystal Palace. Um, oh, great. Oh, well, well yeah. yeah I, I was going to ask about football as well. Yeah. Man United, you know, you, you're, you're pretty heavy on it on Twitter, which is good. What, what are they going to do? Are you, you're, you're interested in Ten Hag? You think the issues are, uh, are deeper than that and it doesn't matter who's in charge? Uh, it's Hollywood FC. It's uh, a cynical exploitation. Oh, <laughs> um. You know, like when you see someone interviewed and they've got like that look in your eye, in their eye, when you're, you're just like, you do not want to cross this bloke. Ten Hag looks like a, like, he looks like a madman. Um, that if someone crosses him, he's going to like jab them. So I'm, I'm very excited. Uh, Ajax, in terms of um, pure football, what a football club to come from as well. So I'm just excited that we've got a guy uh, with a bit of character about him in charge and and has a clear philosophy moving forward. So um, sounds like English cricket. All of this is going to take completely taken out of context. We're having a laugh, yeah. And everyone's just going to be in black and white, you know. Yeah. Just, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fast. Yeah. So um, just yeah, just in case people, you know. I want to take this out of context. I have flagged this up. We are joking. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, no, I think Ten Hag's going to be good. Ronaldo, uh, I am that 30-year-old man who does the... You might have seen some of the terrible um, warm-up football where, yeah. I'm yeah. not going to lie, the standard of football in, in your warm-up in IPL cricket is... It's great, great for the ego. Because <laughs> <laughs> I tried to get um, the referee to give us unlimited, unlimited, unlimited touches, 
but um, failed in that. But it was it was mm. great fun. But any time I scored a goal, it was definitely the Ronaldo carry on <laughs> celebration. Well, just on your prowess, you've obviously, I'm, I'm going off your Instagram, obviously anyone I'm romantically linked with, I go deep in their Instagram, Bilbo. Um, and I just don't think I far 2019. Um, you and Joe Denley training at uh, Crystal Palace area with Roy Hodgson, but you've also got a photo with David Beckham um, with the caption, uh, with the caption, cheers, Dave, great lunch. And I just want to know how does, <laughs> how does Bilbo and Bex get together for a, you know, bacon sarni of a Sunday morning? How does that happen? Bacon sarni, the caviar, darling, caviar. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, you gotta take the piss out of yourself, haven't you? Um, <laughs> no, it was it was it was so funny. So we're in, um as you do, we're in the south of France, um, this lovely restaurant called La Garide. <laughs> um yeah. yeah, it wasn't wasn't a bacon sarni, I assure you. Um and yeah, we, we had a table of about 10 and all of a sudden uh, the entrance to the to the restaurant, um, you have to get there by boat because it's a private island. Of course, of course, of course, mate, of course. Yeah. And um, yeah. my f- now fiance Sarah was sat opposite me and we had the table here. And then I said, don't scream, but turn around. And it was David Beckham with his complete entourage. All the oh, kids. hell yeah. Hell yeah. Victoria Beckham, Elton John was there as well. Bodyguards everywhere. They had the yeah. two big tables in the middle of the restaurant and all the girls were sat there. They did proceed to scream. They were like, oh my God, the whole restaurant. And I mean, this 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 was a pretty special place. Like Catherine Zeta-Jones was just over there as well. And Sam Billings. Sam Billings was there. Yeah, Sam Billings was there. Some some second grade cricketer from Penrith, yeah, over there. <laughs> um, Play a bit of twos. PGs, I think. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, it was it was an incredible day, and then um, it was so funny. I obviously asked for a photo, and um, I put that caption up just to take the piss. Yeah. And the amount of people who thought I actually had lunch with David Beckham. <laughs> You had lunch with David Beckham. What? What? Unbelievable. <laughs> but actually, on a, on a side note, um, this is this is actually deadly serious. Um, two of my really good mates from school, year below me at school, um, doing really really well, doing F forty five in the UK. Mm. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. Uh, they they've opened up now three studios, and they've just opened up the latest one with David Beckham in High Street Kensington. So every now and then go for a training session. And, Mate, uh, I did his yeah. workout the other day, he, the DB45. Enjoy it? No, it's hard <laughs> as fuck. No way. <laughs> Are you kidding? The, rig, the rig's happy with it. The rig's oh, happy. Oh, yeah, they're yeah. Yeah, absolutely singing. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mate, did you, when, when, you, when you went up and got a photo with him, like, did you, did you sort of just go, oh, look, I, I represent yeah. England as well. Yeah. I sort of play a bit of pro stuff, a couple of pros yeah. together. Anything? Absolutely, absolutely not. No, <laughs> no, not my shopping. He, he's he's number one for me. Like growing up, absolute hero. So, yeah, I was. Uh, I'll be honest. I was pretty starstruck. I was like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But one thing about him, he was the amount of people who asked for a photo. He was so polite to every single person. Like the blokes all class. Um, so yeah. 
David Beckham. They say never meet your heroes, but he was an absolute delight. Same as us with Sam Billings. Yeah, and Class here we act. are. Very, yeah. very polite as well. Bilbo meeting us. Uh, that's, yeah. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's... Uh, mate, thanks for coming on. Uh, I think your second time on the pod, maybe another time with some RPL gear we've been doing, but mate, really appreciate it. You've been up to a lot in the last year or so since we spoke. So glad we caught up on it. Uh, all the best for the 37 teams that you're in uh, and the various political allegiances that you're trying to manage, um, even though you claim that you're just trying to be a good bloke. Um, but that's all good. We get it. Uh, there you go. That's what you wanted. Sam Billings. Yes, young Johnny Bearstow. Ginger, ginger. The Sydney Cricket Ground. Johnny Bearstow. Generally, we'll always spin here at the Sydney Cricket Ground. I love me some Bearstow runs. Generally, we'll always spin here. Generally, we'll always spin here. The Sydney Cricket Ground. I love me some Bairstow runs. Sydney Cricket Ground. Welcome to the Ginger Century. Ginger Century. Welcome to the Ginger Century. Fucking hell, man. He batted bloody well. Ginger, Ginger. Welcome to the Ginger Century. Generally, we'll always spin here at the Sydney Cricket Ground. The Asian century referred to the ginger, 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 ginger century. Generally, we'll always spin here at the Sydney Cricket Ground. Welcome to the ginger century. Woo! <laughs> 4.90. Fuck off, baby. Welcome back to the Grey Cricketer brought to you by budgiesmuggled.com. Thank you very much to Sam Billings for his time, uh, his DMs. And his friendship, his kinship, his salad, his eyes, his his connection. I like his, I like our connection with Bilbo. He's mm. a nice guy, isn't he? Nice oh, he's, guy. He's excellent. He's excellent. I've never heard anyone say a bad word about Bilbo to his face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we need to talk about uh, Manscaped pairs before we get into. Of course, we do. Hashtag us TJC. Well, um, I've got I've got I've got what they call summer copy which is designed for okay. people in the US, but it's UK summer as well. Um, and, so. and with that in mind, summer is coming. The sun is shining. Shirts are off and your balls are smooth. I think that was a B-list of Boys of Summer. <laughs> That's right. That was the draft lyrics. That was the B-side, uh, yeah. <laughs> you heard that right. Your friends at Manscaped are here to make sure your beach balls are as smooth as Floridian sand. <laughs> I've never been to Florida. You been to Florida? Uh, no. In Gator summer, territory? mate. In summer, you want to kill some cold beers and barbecues, not kill the vibe with pubes peeking out your swim trunks. <laughs> <laughs> That's why like man's ruined. To, yeah, having an absolutely sensational day walking around. Ah, you got a little pube sticking ah. out there. Her vibe's killed. Vibe's dead. That's why Manscaped has their performance package 4.0 now, he goes. We're up to 4.0. Yeah, uh, we to keep the party in your pants looking crisp and refreshing. How do you like the party in your pants looking, mate? Oh, crisp and refreshing. <laughs> I like it to look refreshing. Mate, your balls remind me of Floridian sand. <laughs> well, they're as smooth as Flor- Floridian sand. I'll give you the tip. All summer long, dive head first into summer. 
by joining the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for that hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com. <laughs> and we're doing it again for you, ladies and gentlemen. It's 20% off plus free shipping with the code TGC. Now, look, they want us to talk about some shit. You know the drill. There's a lawnmower, which is another name. A lawnmower is quite a it's a it's a rough idea, I gotta say, it for trimming yeah. pubes. Yeah. But I, I got a story. I'm up here in Darwin, as you well know, he goes. Yeah. And you do want to look. Yeah, I mean, the sand here in Nightcliff isn't as smooth as that in Florida, but sure. but you want to keep stuff pretty crisp and refreshing, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I actually um, forgot to bring up the, the cord for my Manscaped uh, from okay. Melbourne, and so I actually had to resort to other clippers that I have, which were, it was a very, very, very dangerous operation, um, which I carried out with surgical precision because the stakes were high. Uh, But um, I took too much off, to be honest. It was not, it looked weird, but um, it really reinforced to me how much I I appreciate my Manscaped. I went back to Melbourne, um, both to see you, but mainly to get my Manscaped, which I didn't tell you about. And I've yeah. used it again, and I gotta say the sa- it, the safety on it is premium. You can just yeah. get into the shower, clean yourself up to lux. Everything's yeah. nice and smooth. You're aerodynamic. You could run in the Olympics. Crisp and refreshing. You can swim. You're taking a little bit of drag off uh, yeah. in the pool and stuff. And yeah. uh, <laughs> and it's it's a. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's a good. It's a good piece of kit. It's a good piece of kit. We can talk about all this other shit with crop preserver. Look, if you get the if you get the performance package, you're going to get all the bells and whistles that come with it. It looks nice. Yeah. It's well boxed, etc. Um, but I just want to say, just the, th- the the main the main item, the main item of it, the mothership, which is the lawnmower 4.0. It's a good piece of kit. It takes off what what it needs to take take off. You can do it in the shower. It's yeah. amazing. It works. It doesn't hurt you. Uh, I endorse it heartily. Said it many times before, Pez. Absolute game changer. You don't need your dick to look like you got a hand job from Edward Scissorhands. You don't. You don't Thank need you. that. You don't need that. People have been Thank going on saying that, but you don't. You don't need no, that. It is. It, and you need- if you get your scissors going, it, it there's a big Edward Scissorhands vibe to it, isn't there? It's completely inconsistent. Very distracting. Yep. Very anathema to the idea of of um, balls as smooth as Floridian sand. That's right. And Pez, 20% off free shipping using the code TGC. Manscaped.com. You know where to get it. Come on. Come on. All right. Here we go. Hashtag Ask TGC. Let's just do one here, Pez, to wrap up the show. Uh, Shall you or shall I? Uh, I'll go. We're doing Liam here? Yeah, we're doing Liam. Liam. Okay, Liam. Dear the notorious PEZ, let's say, and Hig Dog, uh, this is called Side Mouth Demons and Internal Crisis. Have we read this one before, he goes? Or should I go to the next one? No. Okay. My brother, so. just, my brother just informed me that he was chatting uh, with a bloke who just started his work, and he mentioned that he plays cricket. Uh, brackets, some park fours, real wheelie bin shit, purely because of the grade cricketer. My immediate response was, fuck me, that's some hard drive type of shit. It was it, it was as if I blacked out. I was being possessed. The response just fell out of my mouth. My brother, who is clearly a, a much more well-rounded individual, looked at me perplexed. That's a bit harsh, don't you think? He was right. <laughs> Upon reflection, who am I to judge a guy who just clearly loves the game? And just because I played in a higher local division of said wheelie bin shit and one single game of twos and threes grade cricket, brackets fours, what gives me the right to be a coat? 
I begin by reflecting deeper. This guy probably likes his teammates too. I can't remember the last time I did, if ever. Maybe that's why I took the job that required me to work some Saturdays and be late to training. Maybe that's why I stopped caring. Maybe that's why I quit. Then why, why after saying I had retired, do I still get wrangled into playing a game or two a year with a bunch of coats? At least dad still comes to watch when I do. Well, that's nice. Has cricket and its toxic culture made me a coat or was I always a coat? Love the pod. Mm, this might be a this might be a, a moment of self realization and, and reflection for Liam. Maybe he is becoming of age where that becomes more present in the mind. So you can access uh, deeper realms of your own uh, existential uh, crises. Mm. Um, but, but self identity uh, identity crisis. I'm just saying things that don't really make sense. Um, <laughs> but like, but, <laughs> but I'm starting I think- to type in a few search terms into Google now. <laughs> YouTube, self-identity, identity identity crisis. What is what is definition? Psychologist. Um, But I think Liam, Liam's not a coat. Liam's not a coat, but he might be aware of some coach behaviours over time that he has uh, executed in his life, and he's just thinking like, is this me, or is it Mm. the cricket? Mm. Is it the children's fault? Mm. I think that he might be becoming aware that like the things that he did in the cricket environment, maybe on the field, dressing room stuff, he was like, that wasn't me. That wasn't me. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't being my true self. I was put into an environment where I was hanging around men for too long and became quite toxic because there's a big old alpha hierarchy. I was trying to impress people that I didn't really care about. And I was thinking like, and, that, and, now, and now he's like, is that me or was it the cricket club? Was it the game of cricket? And I think it was probably just the game of cricket, but also you were you were a willing participant in the activity, so it does cause it does give rise to some self reflection. Mm. What is? Well, I want to split a few things apart with this. Firstly, the guy that he's talking about who plays some hard drives wheelie bin stuff. Um, <laughs> just I think Liam, just consider the grass is always greener on the other side. I'm very skeptical that anybody enjoys cricket on a like on a purely healthy organic level. That there is a team out there that exists of eleven men together, for whom cricket is a wonderful like um, addition to their life, both not just physically through runs or whatever, or maybe a couple of friendships here or there. But I mean like the ho- I mean holistically, physical, mm. mental, emotional, spiritual, economic. You know, like what is there's what is uh, what is definition? Uh, I'm sure that guy's got problems as well. Okay, so just just cool your jets on whether this guy is like the embodiment of someone actually enjoying a game of cricket. Have you ever met a person who says I really enjoy cricket who you don't just think be going on here? Mm. Um, so it so to me it begs the question: if he goes, if this guy says Liam, if he says I don't like, is it me or is it the cricket? It's really a question of social theory. If you put 11 guys together for a long enough period of time, 11 men with no no female influence, right? 11 homogenous men too. So I'm just saying no diversity. Let's just put it like that, okay? Okay. Of sex or anything. Because you're you're usually talking about 11 men of the same ethnicity, the same upbringing, the same fucking setup all all round. Are you just... Are you just bound to create toxicity? Like, is it is is that literally the social result, the social and cultural result of eleven, and let's just say eleven Anglo coats, just okay. in the same vicinity? 
And it, yep. and are you if you do that if you do that with rats if you do that with animals with animal testing if you do that with humans yeah. or whatever you know they've done I mean maybe this is a new reality TV show like are you just are you just bound to get toxicity as at, at like a primal social level so but are you saying are you asking that that question on the premise of like so if you are from the same if you are basically the same eleven mannequins right mm. yeah, the same mannequins. upbringings and so if they if you are, you must then create hierarchies of who is in charge, who is I, the I upper and stuff. I miss one sub- thing. You put them into that environment and the environment is cricket and that game. So it's the game of cricket and the brutality yep. of it and what it, yep. what it demands of you and what it takes yep. from you individually yep. with mm-hmm. a social setting of 11 blokes and no diversity in that side. That is, that's, mm. an, that's, an, that's a recipe for volcanic social disruption <laughs> but but it's kind of yeah. funny <laughs> and it yeah, can be but then and it can also, be fun if you then add the the dash like the dash of salt at the end which really makes the meal which is that every week you play against are the worst blokes in the comp yes like that is also an element so yeah. it creates a bit of tribalism of your worst blokes in the comp yes so it's like if you enter into any cricket team full of blokes who are basically the same as you and there's no women around or no diversity and no sense of community, it's just blokes, and you're playing a game of cricket, you could expect nothing but toxicity. It's actually just social dynamics. You can't do anything about it. It's how we're wired. Uh, you know, in, in years to come, there will be academic, um, you know, like there'll, there'll be academic literature on this kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. And so, so Liam, it's both you and the game. It's just a, it's a heady mix, and there's nothing you can do about it. And the bloke that you think is having a good time, he's not. He's not at all. It can't be the case. Actually, it must be quite freeing for Liam to just be like, "Don't worry about it. Just mate, score some runs. Get out there, score some runs." And also, just get in there, be toxic. Get over yourself. That's how it is. Like kill or be killed, right? Yeah, get in the showers, piss on someone. <laughs> You know, piss on someone, be pissed on. What? <laughs> hey, we didn't pump up Patreon if you're still here at the no, end. The last show, we were talking about Trough Man. Um, Trough Man, yeah. Trough Man, he, he loved being pissed on in the 70s in Sydney. Um, <laughs> I haven't laughed that much in a really long time. He must have played grade cricket, Trough Man. Yeah, yeah. So Trough Man was a guy who played, uh, he, put, play, he played, he was, he went to, he went to gay nightclubs in the 1970s in Sydney. He used to lay down in the trough and ask people to urinate on him. That was his thing. Anyway, we spoke about that on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash great cricketer. You could have also uh, followed every single one of our dailies during the IPL, um, of which Pez spoke about earlier as well. So uh, if you want to find, find more stuff there, patreon.com forward slash great cricketer, hashtag ask TGC Fridays, episode 92, I think that was, maybe even 93, yeah, I forget 92. which one it was, but Every single Friday that show comes out. Anyway, that's when you'll hear from us again um, heading into that first test match. England, New Zealand, Lords. Should new be a good team, game. New kit. Should be a good game. Who you got? Who do you fancy? New Zealand. Same. Don't have Victoria though. All right, see you later.